Good morning. You're listening to K Tahoe, the new 961 and AM 590. It's time for the bright side with Alexis Robin. Good morning, Jen, and welcome back, everybody. This is guidepost number 10. It's the last in our 10 week series on Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, a guide to wholehearted life. And today we are talking about cultivating laughter, song, and dance, and letting go of being cool and always in control. I let go of being cool a long time ago. <laughs> it is, when I had kids. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I really struggled with this in college and um, and in high school. It's just that that urge to be really cool. And I talk about that in my book actually. Um, but there's a chapter on that, and you know how in high school I had somebody say something to me when I was being kind of goofy and funny, and it really struck me as like, oh, like gosh, I'm being a dork. Like I need to be cool. Like, what am I doing? And I can't do that. I mean, I hung on to that for years. And so, um, in this chapter, it's, it's great because she's talks about really like this, the whole idea of cultivating laughter, song and dance. It's something that's like part of us as humans. And it's, um, she quotes Barbara, uh, Ehrenreich's, uh, book dancing in the streets, a history of collective joy. And, she, the author says that innately social, we're innately social beings impelled most instinctively to share our joy. And we do that through laughing with each other, um, singing, dancing with each other. And so just, we love to share in our joy. And so, um, it's, it was really interesting. So kind of the, the topic of this last guidepost is that when we try to be so cool and we try to protect ourselves from, um, you know, from being out of control and, you know, don't laugh too loud. Don't sing along. Don't, you know, don't embarrass yourself. And in fact, even that we basically, um, start to prohibit ourselves from experiencing that collective joy with others in laughter, song and dance. And so, um, so one of the, and you know, it's interesting when, when I was in the daring way training with Brene Brown's team and learning how to facilitate this work, there was a woman in our group and she had a picture of herself and she was laughing out loud, you know, like just having a real, I think she called it a, a guffaw or something like she was just cracking up. And she said, her mother said to her, um, she was sharing her mother said like, Shh, like get in control of yourself. Like you, you're laughing so loud, you know? And I mean, she was just at like true laughter coming from her inner soul. And I thought, how often does that happen where we're so, you know, like stay in control, be cool, like keep it together, you know, look like you have grace when really we want to be free to laugh yeah. and, and fully experience life. And so, um, so kind of the point of this, if you only get one thing, I'm going to begin with the end here if you can't listen to the whole show, <laughs> but, um, but life is way too precious to spend it pretending like we're super cool and totally in control when we could be laughing, singing, and dancing. And so true. So when we started the Daring Way um, training, there's probably 170 professionals. There's a bunch of learning and development professionals that are on the corporate track, which is what I was doing. And then there's a bunch of therapists who are there. And so, uh, social workers. And so they're all, um, so, you know, we're all in there and everybody's like, you know, nervous and new to the training and feeling like, you know, I don't have as many letters at the end of my name as you do, or how long have you been practicing or, you know, all the things that come up. And the first thing they make us do is sing this, um, the German, um, anthem, (laughs) 
you know, <laughs> and we have to sing it like super loud. And of course, it's in a language we don't know. And it's like, and if we don't sing it loud enough, they make us do it over until we get it right. And so suddenly you have 170 plus people in this room singing at the top of their lungs, this, the German, you know, um, national anthem. And it's just, I mean, it was great because it really loosened everybody up. Yeah. And then we had people, you know, and then there was like some dancing that had to happen and some laughter that had to happen. And it was really just put everybody in this state of vulnerability, but also in f- having fun and connecting with each other on that level. So it immediately broke down all the barriers, which I thought was very cool. So um, basically what they're talking about here is you know, in her data, you know, she goes back and she researches with all these people and she listens to their stories and then she sifts together what, uh, what makes meaning of the stories. And she asked herself two questions. Why are laughter, song and dance so important to us? And then is there some transformational element that they have in common? And so, um, what she learned in a nutshell is that laughter, song and dance create emotional and spiritual connection They remind us of the one thing that truly matters when we are searching for comfort, celebration, inspiration, or healing. And that one thing is that we are not alone. Interesting. And so, um, so I, I mean, I think that that summed it up really well. And she talks about how, um, when we're trying to become shame resilient, that that requires laughter and, she refers to it in um, her book, I Thought It Was Just Me, as knowing laughter. And it's this idea of, um, I'm not laughing at you, I'm with you. I get it, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes Jen and I will share stories about our kids or we'll s- share stories about work or something. And we have like this knowing laughter. Like we both get it. Oh, we've been there. <laughs> like, yep, <laughs> I am. You are not alone, sister. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes we'll even say that, right? You're not alone. And so that's part of this um this piece is that laughter song and dance creates this connection that helps us remember that we're not alone when we're searching for comfort or inspiration or celebration or healing. So, um, so I thought that was, that was a great piece. And, um, and then she talks about how music really reaches out and offers us connection. Um, whether it's a hymn at church or a national anthem or college fight song or a song on the radio that we all love, like in our family, you've probably heard me say this a million times on the show, but we love um, the journey song, Don't Stop Believing. Uh-huh. And so we are like, it comes on and we crank it and all four of us are singing it and we all have our own parts. Like Celeste plays the air guitar and Aiden does the drums and, you know, I do the crazy air guitar and, you know, Arno and I are both singing and I mean, we just have the best time. And Aiden's always, he does the smell of wine and cheap perfume, you know, that's his line, right? He always gets that. And but it's a total connection. Like we look at each other in that line. And I mean, we're connected for that moment. And I never thought about it as like music connects us, but mm-hmm. it's like, I love that song. You love that song. We're like singing it together and suddenly we're connected there. And so that's what song does for us. Um, also dancing. She, um, <clears throat> she talks about how you know, laughter, of course, makes us feel a little out of control because when we start laughing, and I mean, no, nowhere else is this true in our house, is when we have friends over and we play Cards Against Humanity. I don't know if you've ever played this card game. Not. <clears throat> it is basically, it's called a card game for horrible people. <laughs> and it's, <clears throat> it is a, uh, like an apples to apples, but with grown up cards. And so, um, you know, and you can be like as real and and literal as you want or you can be kind of 
pie in the sky, or you can be funny, or you can be very vulgar or politically incorrect. Like there's all these different ways you can be. But what happens is that because you have all these cards in your hands, even if you're not going to play one, you laugh out loud. Like you, I mean, there are moments where I'll pull my cards up and, and they ask something and you look at how you're going to answer and you just burst into laughter because you can't help it because it's so funny. And I mean, it's like, there have been times where Arno has actually cried at the table. He says like, I never get through a whole game without crying. Like I laugh so hard that I cry and I have to get up and leave the room because I can't control myself. And, um, (laughs) And so you think about how that makes you feel vulnerable and out of control when you're laughing so hard that you like can't contain it. Once happened to me in a French class. <laughs> I had to leave the room. <laughs> Something about a passage on Tahiti Edie that I found hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> I was a grown up at the time too. So, um, but she also talks about how dancing is the one self-expression that makes us feel super vulnerable. That's like full body vulnerability, right? Because you're out there and you are rocking it. And so um, so when you're thinking about like, okay, wh- where am I going to go? Being able to dance and have fun and free yourself is like the ultimate expression of vulnerability. And when you're trying to be really cool and like there's even men that she interviews in the story that talk about how at a wedding, like they just pretend like they don't want to dance because it's better to do that than to go out and like look like a fool on the dance floor in front of your wife's friends and her friend's friends. And, you know, so they just even though they really want to, they just hang in the back and pretend. And I thought, how sad is that? Like we go through our whole life trying to be so cool, so controlled And it's really about measuring what other people think and trying to control the perceptions of what people think about us. Yeah, that's interesting because that that comes up a lot. I hear, you know, people won't dance. They won't even going to the gym and doing certain things. They're reluctant to do that because what are people, they're watching me. What are they going to think? And I've always told people, because I have a dance background, Mm -hmm. and I said, you know what? Nobody's watching you. Everyone's concerned about what they're doing. Right. Nobody, no one cares. And to get past that thinking that everybody, you know, there may be that one person who's also standing off to the side. Right. um, Might be judgmental. But people who are actually engaged in the activity, they're concerned about themselves. Right. They're doing their own thing. So that's, and she does, she talks about how she used to be afraid to go do like try new classes, yoga classes or different, you know, classes at the gym because it's like, you don't want to look goofy. Um, But then what happens is when we stop being goofy and we stop trying to, you know, we're still like managing all this, you know, people's perceptions and the self-control and uber cool. What happens is that self-expression takes a backseat to self-protection and self-consciousness. And so you lose your ability to express yourself. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's really, and she talks about how this whole idea of being in control um, is about it's not always about the desire to manipulate situations it's often about the need to manage perception and that we want to be able to control what other people think about us so we can feel good and being cool is really about not wanting to be like the fawns and like oh i'm the coolest gal in the room or i'm such a cool cat it's really about minimizing vulnerability in order to risk or reduce the risk of being ridiculed or made fun of would you say also though i mean it's I think people needing to come to a place of comfortability with themselves. Oh, for sure. It's definitely about coming to a place of comfortability with yourself. But I mean, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the thing. It's like when you're, when you are trying to be super cool and we value being super cool, we end up betraying ourselves Yeah. and our own, I mean, our own beings. 
And so, um, you know, just she tells a story that's really kind of poignant where she um, one day she's feeling all frumpy and she puts on her sweats and pulls her dirty hair back into a ponytail and takes her daughter to the, you know, to the um, store, you know, like a Macy's or something. Mm. It's not Macy's, but a big department store Mm -hmm. and um, just to get makeup. And then her daughter's like, oh, can we please you know, change my shoes. And she goes, Oh yeah, sure. Fine. And she gets up the escalator and right as she gets up there, she sees like these gorgeous moms, their long flowing locks and their tiny skinny waist and their high heel boots and their perfectly put together outfits and their cute daughters like doing their thing. And out of the corner of her eye, you know, which of course triggers all her stuff because she's wearing like sweats and she's got dirty hair and it's like, Oh gosh, like you couldn't be here at different time. Um, and out of the corner of her eye, she sees something moving and it's her daughter doing the robot because there's a song she really likes that's playing in the kids department. And she, she looks up and she sees the moms and the daughters looking at her daughter who's eight at the time. And for a split second, she thinks like, oh my gosh, like, do I, what do I do? Do I shoot her a glance? Like, pull yourself together. Like, don't be, you know, don't be so embarrassing to yourself or whatever you know, or, and do I betray her to protect myself from what those people will think? Or do I choose her? And so she said, she just totally started dancing with her, you know, and you think about what it takes to do that in the moment, but it's really about giving yourself permission to choose what you believe is right. Yeah. You know, instead of choosing self-protection. And I think that's really this whole idea of wholehearted living is like choose fully expressing yourself and let go of this idea of self-protecting because like we said in the very beginning of the show life is way too precious to spend it pretending that we're super cool and totally in control when we could be laughing singing or dancing so if you want to practice this there's a few things you can do you can um one thing they do which i think we might start is they turn on music for family cleanup after dinner and then everybody starts dancing she said it always ends up being a fun time so i'm like oh that's a great way to better and productive yeah they turn music on to do chores yeah so much more fun and it goes fast yeah and you can dance she talks about how she likes to make theme playlists so you could do that um and you have like all your different playlists that you like and then you know be goofy like dance for five minutes every day and even if you're doing it in the shower or you're doing it in yourself or like I carefully yeah I mean I right don't don't dance in the shower if you're using soap but (laughs) but you know um even if you're doing it at home and like get used to it because it's you're setting yourself free in a way and so um so that's that's the end of the guideposts you know one through ten so we've been through this journey now um and we've gone through quite a bit of cultivating we started out cultivating authenticity then self-compassion resilient spirit gratitude and joy intuition and trusting faith cultivating creativity play and rest calm and stillness meaningful work last week and then finally today laughter song and dance and we've let go of a lot of things too you know we've let go of comparison self-worth the or the you know productivity is self-worth the need for certainty the self-doubts, the be cool, anxiety as a lifestyle, you know who you are. Um, And what she says in the very end is that the truth is, is that meaningful change is a process and it can be uncomfortable and risky when we're embracing our imperfections or cultivating authenticity or looking at the world in the eye and saying, I'm enough. 
And so she challenges at the end, what's the greater risk? And I challenge you to ask yourself, letting go of what people think or letting go of how you feel, what you believe and who you are. Right. So yes, you're imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that you are also brave and worthy of love and belonging. So this is a great book. If you want to go back through it, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes or on Buzzsprout. We record these and put them up if you didn't catch them live on the radio. And, um, if you want to read the book, it's The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Letting go of who you think you're supposed to be and embracing who you are, your guide to a wholehearted life. So thanks for joining us for the last 10 weeks. And uh, we will be back next week with some good fall stuff to talk about. Yay. Yeah. I always like the fall stuff. It's fun. Yeah, me too. It's been a great book going through. Yeah, it is great. So I highly recommend that you get it and start following some of the guideposts. Yeah. And her new book that just came out, Rising Strong, I just finished. And it's fantastic as well. So. Good stuff. Very exciting. Oh, well, we will see you next week. Same time. Same place. Same place. You've been listening to Alexis Robin with The Bright Side here on K Tahoe.